0: Welcome to Kitchen Table, candid conversations about sex, relationships, and being human. I'm Brittany Castro.
1: I'm Nick Anthony, and today we're talking to Sophia Spolino about sex and purity culture. Mm.
0: Hey, Nick. Hey, Britt. How you doing?
1: I'm in an emotional space right now. Oh. Yeah, but I'll be okay. I'm yeah. Just being with my feelings, trying to hold space for myself, and be kind to myself. That's where I'm at.
0: That's a really good thing. To do.
1: I, I would suggest everyone do that
0: <laughs> when we're in, not even when we're in an emotional space, but all the time hold space for ourselves and be kind to ourselves, but especially when we're going through something and going through some feels.
1: Especially in this space. Like I, I don't typically occupy, or am I accustomed to occupying this space that often? So it's. I
0: am. <laughs> Sorry, continue. It's
1: all good. Yeah, it just requires some patience. And uh, that's all I can give in this moment in relation to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that I am someone who's very familiar with occupying these spaces. And you are usually the person that holds space for me or one of the people that holds space for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're probably more comfortable in that space. Yeah,
1: I am more comfortable being the space holder rather than being the space holder. That?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's a word. <laughs> nah, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I think we do know what you mean. <laughs> So we're talking about purity culture and religious trauma today. Oof. (laughs) Yeah. um, Oof. Get ready, people, (laughs) because we're going there. (laughs) Candid conversations about sex, relationships, and being human. (laughs)
1: True to the name, true to the name, but uh, purity culture within itself, uh, just the idea of placing purity in anything is just like... eh, eh. Is anything
0: pure? Is it possible to procure that pureness to any means? And what does that mean? Yeah. I want to ask Sophia, like, what her definition yeah. of that is. But yeah, I have a lot to say on this topic. I grew up Catholic, oh, yeah. very much influenced. I don't want to share too much because I think I'll probably share in our interview. But um, let's just say there was an abstinence button on that backpack <laughs> for a minute. So that's all I'll say for now. Welcome to Kitchen Table. I'm Brittany. I'm Nick. And today we are talking to Sophia Spolino. Sophia is a queer harpist and songwriter who wants to heal the world with her words. Sophia works with women as a metaphysical mentor, manifesting muse and man leaving madam. She supports women in leaving unconscious relationships, religious indoctrination and purity culture and opening their hearts to align with the fullness of their potential and their purpose. She's the host of the inspiring top 100 personal development, sexuality, spirituality podcast, Enlightened. And Sophia's content focuses on sexual, spiritual, and relational liberation and exploration, welcome, Sophia.
2: I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me, Nick and Brittany. What a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to see you my feed, And now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we are here. Yeah. So me and Sophia met on Instagram
0: and now we're here <laughs> and it's exciting to see you Kind of in the flesh. (laughs) Yeah, kind of in the flesh. In the (laughs) (laughs) flesh-ish.
2: And I feel like so many good things start on Instagram. Actually, a lot of my relationships have started through Instagram. So yeah, it's really beautiful to see how this tool that I use as business, I'm sure as you use as business, really connects us to people. And when we stop and think about, wow, you know, all these numbers we see in social media. Yeah, that's cool. but wow, all these souls individually that we're connected to just really beautiful when you think about it individually. I agree.
0: I think that social media gets a bad rap because there are pieces of it that can be harmful and toxic, but I think the intention that you put into it and what you choose to do with it. And what I love about this podcast, what we're doing The biggest thing about this is to make connections, is to connect, to meet people, to have these conversations. And I think that something like Instagram is a way to be able to see each other, you know, and then get real like here, (laughs) like
2: really drop in. Yeah. Yeah. Let's drop in. I'm ready to get real. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, let's do it. Speaking of which,
0: so we're talking about purity culture today, which is a topic that I definitely have experience with as well. And so before we get into a little bit of your story, because we really want to hear about that, I want to hear, Sophia, your definition or just what you think of when you hear purity culture. What does that really mean to you?
2: Yeah, so it's this idea that the church, specifically in my experience, the evangelical church, instills into all people but specifically it's specifically harmful to women that your value comes from your sexual purity. And they define that as abstaining from sex until marriage between a man and a woman and only one marriage, not if you're divorced. That's actually, if you get married again, Um, that's, that would be going against purity culture for the most, for most churches. But this extends its nasty insidious web across so many areas of our lives beyond just who's in our bed purity culture is it down to what we read down to how close we are in our relationships with the opposite sex because purity culture does assume that you would only be sexually interested in the opposite sex so not building those close bonds uh It changes and dictates the way women dress, the way women walk. As a child, I'd kind of hunch my shoulders down to hide the breasts that I was developing. There are so many ways that it affects every little girl. And we can get into so much more of that. But that's just the main definition. It's just the way that women are valued. It's almost like a measuring stick of your perceived sexual purity.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> a lot of weight. there. That, there's
2: a lot of weight. And, you know,
0: I, I the, the thing is, this affects us even if we didn't have that upbringing.
2: Of course, because of Christian nationalism. So it's webbed into our culture, specifically in America. And there's probably so many other religious traditions that do this in other parts of the world. But here in America, it's evangelical Christianity that has really put pressure on women. Even in my last religious trauma workshop that I was doing, a Jewish man was explaining his experience seeing a girl get slut shamed for wearing a spaghetti strap in a public school in Los Angeles. And he remembers that as a child in such a liberal space. As a Jewish man, he was still impacted by purity culture because he'll never forget that girl because she was the one that was pointed out.
0: Yeah, and I think... I think men are affected by this too,
2: differently because they're not
0: singled out as much.
1: There's a lot more openness when it comes to men and how they relate to sex in general. I mean, it's in terms of like locker room speak or that's boys will be boys. Like it's just... Yeah, we're offered that privilege based off of like us being in this club, so to speak. I noticed that even how I was raised overall compared to my sister and me, it's just mm-hmm. sex was handled differently in those spaces. My sister would get yelled at in terms of like, you know, like, oh, those boys, oh, they're attracted to you? Like, I'm going to talk to you about that when it's like not even her fault. But with me, it's just like, oh, I'm glad you got that off the checklist, you know? And it's just, there's nothing fair about it or balanced about it at all. And it also calls upon like a certain level of perfectionism that doesn't exist Anywhere, Like, anywhere. What is pure? <laughs> like, nothing's pure. Nothing's pure at all.
2: Yeah, they'd really position it as a striving. You know, we can never be perfect. Only Jesus can be perfect, but we will strive for that so my question for you nick were you in a christian household as well or
1: christian i'm spacing on what exactly i mean i guess it's if anything uh what is it
0: you didn't really have like a strong religious upbringing it
1: wasn't strongly religious at all but like now my dad has gotten heavily uh, religious and it's like super in the church but even as at an early age going to church was just the biggest pain in the ass for me and my sister it was just like we would sit there and go and at one point we all were just like can we not go we would have like our Sunday breakfast, and we, the house would be smelling good. and Then we go to church, and then like all the fun will just be gone after that. And we are just like, "Can we not go to church anymore?" Because like we weren't getting anything out of it, like at all.
0: It's funny because I we just had this conversation yeah. recently. I loved church when I was little. Yeah. I like did I too. Did, yeah, I had. I got the book and I read all the, what were they called? The the readings and I sang all the songs and I loved to say, peace be with you and shake <laughs> hands. Yeah, I loved it because I loved to sing. And so, so it was, there was something about it for me that, I mean, it wasn't evangelical Christian, right? I went to like a Catholic church and Catholic school and Ukrainian Catholic high school. And so it was, you know, a little bit different in that way but we still had the abstinence talk and all of those things. But for a while, for me, I really liked church and believed in it. And I think that's sometimes where it it gets you, where the hook is, because I, I want to say first that I don't believe that all religion necessarily is bad. I think that, you know, there are ways for these things to be helpful for people. And if somebody connects in that way, that's fine. But I think that there are pieces that are, can be really harmful, which is really what we're talking about today. And one more thing about that in this relationship with men, I think that while men have a much different relationship to sex based on a purity culture and whatnot. They don't necessarily get that that big town as much, well, so not, to speak, not right? I still think that just like you spoke of this man, I still think they're affected because it's part of our culture. And so then it affects, you know, the way that they treat women, yes, but it's also the way that they treat themselves. Yes. And so no
2: one's exempt from this. No, it, leaks into, it leaches into everything. And sadly, men have a different past, but also that comes with, they have shame too. I remember the shame that I'd hear high school guys talking about when it came to masturbation. And that's another thing, you know, masturbation is definitely not allowed. So sex is only meant for procreation or for pleasure between husband and wife. So solo sex is definitely a very selfish thing, according to Purity Culture and even in college, I had a friend tell me, you know, every time you masturbate, you have to wait for your future husband another year. God's gonna make you wait. <laughs> yeah. Ah,
0: holy shit! What did you? Oh God! I don't even know what to say to that. I
2: know. Slowly
1: moonwalking out of the room on that one, like, uh, yeah, thanks, Francis. Appreciate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: was I adored this friend so much. Her name is Dante and now Dante's living her, her best life, I'm sure. But the thing is, I was already at that point, not masturbating because I was so afraid of it. So I had like my little toys, but I would like just look at them and be like, well, I can't do anything because that's a sin. So just, yeah. So I lived for so long. I didn't have sex until I was 24. Well, wait, wait, actually I did. Let's redefine what sex is. It's definitely not just P be, right? Um, <laughs> I had my first experience with a girl on my, I think, 22nd or 21st birthday. So I had that night with her and I knew she was my friend at the time. And I was like, I just want to kiss her. I know I want to know what it would be like. There's this chemistry. And I went through with it. And and then it turned into like going all the way. But then when it was my turn to reciprocate and go down on her, she panicked. So I don't know if she was on her period and couldn't communicate that. I'll never know to this day. The friendship fizzled. I think she got so embarrassed. I don't know, but it hurt because I was like, now we can't be friends anymore. And It was a hard experience, but even in that moment, I was in denial. I didn't have sex. I just did something wrong with the girl, right? In my head, that's what I thought. So then I mean girls jokes. I was half a virgin when I got married. (laughs) And I married a guy who I did not have sex with orally, any way, shape or form. I think he might've saw me without a shirt on one time before we got married. He never saw my pussy. Am I allowed to say
0: that? Yeah,
2: <laughs> yes, you of are Okay. <laughs> he never saw anything. So on our wedding night, that was our first time together. And it's interesting because I can only blame myself for going against myself. But because of religious indoctrination and purity culture, I didn't know how to listen to myself or that I was allowed to. And I no longer believe in sin. But if I did believe that something wasn't so right in this lifetime, it's when we go against ourselves. And the quote unquote sin was ever marrying someone that I didn't know if I even enjoyed sleeping with him because we got into the marriage and I, once he was able to sleep with me, he treated me differently. He treated me so differently. He even told me when I told him I wanted a divorce, I said, why, why, what changed? He said, the game was over. Like I got you on the wedding night because he was raised that way too. So Purity culture affected him in this fantasy, and I couldn't live up to it. I couldn't go from being this good girl to a porn star overnight. And look, the transformation's taken me six years, but I'm here now.
0: I, don't know. I don't
2: know, but man, then and, and you know what? Now looking back, my sexuality—I always preferred women. You know, I. I still validate my experience as a bisexual woman. I was only assaulted once in my life. Every other time I wanted it with a guy. I I was there for that. I'm not invalidating that past experience. However, it probably had something to do with, you know, being dissatisfied. But how was I to know if I wasn't allowed to explore that? How was I to know?
1: Absolutely. How long were you with your ex?
2: Yeah. So that's another part of purity culture. So let's talk about that. I was taught to court and immediately get married because you can't have sex before marriage. So you might as well just hurry it up. So I met him at 24, my three month out of college time. Five days later, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. A year and a half later, he proposed and we stayed married for a year and a half only. Yeah. I tried everything, like asking him to go to counseling and, Just, could you be kind to me? Could you not yell at me? Could you not verbally abuse me? I'll be better. I'll want to have sex more often. But like, I couldn't get my body to be lubricated for someone who was unkind. And, you know, if I would have lived with him before marriage and saw that I could be a powerful being who didn't need to accept that, that I wasn't an old maid. I didn't have to get married at this age. If I didn't have those pressures of purity culture and I knew how to listen to my own voice, I would have never gotten married.
1: I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't go down that road if, uh, I'm sure a lot of people, like I do a lot of weddings and I always As ask, yeah, I'm a photographer. So I always ask like the groom and like, how long have you guys been together for? Like, and I'm always interested by that number. People will show up at the wedding, give a speech and be like, finally, you guys have been together for so long. And, and I'm like, yes, that makes sense. I'm like, and I always tell them like, no matter how long you've been together, you have to find your own normal within your relationship with, with anyone. Period. There are a lot of things that align and a lot of things that are are similar, but your relationships are going to be uniquely themselves in their own, like, entity, like, period. Mm -hmm. So,
0: and I want us to to take a moment to really connect with what you're saying, Sophia, in the sense that basically you weren't trusting yourself because you were taught not to.
2: Yes. You were conditioned not to. Your hearts are deceitful. Exactly. Did you say our hearts are deceitful? Is that what? Yes, that's the scripture. Our hearts are deceitful above all things. So you don't listen to yourself. You just go back to the Bible, which is a lovely sacred text like many others, but also a really terrible text with awful things in it, like many others out there. So you can go and read the Bible, but to say that it is what you live your life by really makes no sense. The only reason anyone would ever say that who is educated is out of fear of hell because they actually believe that they could go to not just a place and burn up, but they could forever burn alive. That is a really scary thing to be taught from the age of, I don't know, for me, since I can remember Me too. Yeah. I remember when
0: I was four years old, I went to this religious preschool and it's funny because we learned about Adam and Eve. It was, we learned about Adam and Eve. Like it was like. Melrose Place or something like they taught about you know they were like this is what happened there was like this felt that they used it was just these little people do you remember that yeah this felt like I'm aging myself right now but like I don't even know what it's called but there was these little felt people Mm. and the snake and the tree and I remember I was enthralled I was like what's gonna happen next and they it was a Friday and they were like we have to Stop, because school is over, and I was like, "Wait a second, like I don't did he? Okay, so like the apple went to Eve. So (laughs) now what is she eating the apple? Like I, I remember being four years old, being like, I told my mom, I was like, you have to take me back tomorrow. (laughs) I made her take me to school on a Saturday because I needed to know
2: what happened to Eve. Well, you know (laughs) what happened to Eve? She got blamed for every fucking thing in the world. (laughs) <laughs> All for exploring her pleasure and, and choosing to eat an apple that God fucking created and then oh said God. not to like I just don't believe and I still believe in God. I'm not an atheist, but I don't believe that the creator of the universe would set us up for failure and then burn us alive forever because he made it a game. I just would don't fuck with believe us. That. Yeah. That was, that, he was fucking
0: with them in that story. <laughs>
1: Eat this apple. I dare I Eat didn't. this apple.
0: It's delicious. It's dare, a, yeah. You ate this apple. You're gonna
2: murder. Well. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you follow my friend Eve was framed on TikTok?
0: I'm no, I don't know right. on TikTok, but I Okay. Is
2: that the ex-girlfriend? Is that no, the one no. that's no. That I, I will I can talk on soon, but the Eve is the ex-evangelical atheist, her parents were ministers. And the reason her name is Eve was framed is because she's saying like Eve was framed for humanity's mistakes. Fuck yeah. And like going back and reframing the story that Eve was actually the bravest to take a bite of it and be like, it's fine. So, and she says it so much more eloquently than me. (laughs) But it's just really interesting to look at how the very first story in the Bible positions women for bad. And if the Bible was meant for good, I do believe that there were many people who came in and used it to further suppress marginalized people and added things to it, took away things from it, really made it what it is on purpose there's the intention behind it and there are probably lovely beautiful parts but there also are really bad things and many other lovely beautiful parts that were just taken out um one thing that i've been exploring lately i didn't think we'd talk about inner spirituality but while we're here mary magdalene so beautiful but they took her six pages out of the original bible because she teaches you to look within she teaches you to to look within yourself and it all comes down to this meditation of like sinking into your heart and looking down into your heart and asking yourself what's right. And there's evidence in there about like Jesus valued her companionship and views over any man and they couldn't stand it in the Bible.
1: Yeah. Wow.
2: like <laughs> just... So- you-
1: tear these pages out. no one needs to, let's just skip all that stuff, you know, and back to like the sin and, uh,
0: you know, <laughs> and the men, uh, and, and, the,
1: the... <laughs> and the men, the, the men dominant society, <laughs> the patriarchy.
0: And so how did you create this transformation for yourself? Cause this is quite a transformation of where you are now and where mm-hmm. you were then. So I think
2: it all started with a little spark of curiosity. I discovered who's now totally on the opposite end. Somehow I discovered Doreen Virtue. Do you remember when she was like a little more woo-woo? I do. <laughs> now she's everything that Not. I just left. Yeah. What happened? I'm like, I don't who's know. paying her? Wow. I know. I
0: still have her. Oh, what? It, the goddess cards. Yes. And I still, ha- I actually just pulled one first time in a long time. Cause I'm like, well, I still she like said the to burn cards.
2: I know. Oh. She Bye wants everyone yeah. to burn them. She's gone like totally born again christian like wow. just over the moon but anyway her videos were so impactful because she would do these card readings on youtube but she'd speak in a way that didn't make me feel she was too far and too scary and she wasn't saying things against the bible so i thought okay i'm gonna dabble in this and i i feel safe here so i started with that and that was right about before I got married. And then I got married and we moved to Orlando. And I found this beautiful church that was interspiritual, a unity church. And I walked in just, I didn't know what to expect. And I saw people in harmony, every color of the rainbow, every gender, all holding hands, all sexualities, all just singing, literally kumbaya. Like it was the most beautiful thing. The pastor was a woman and she was walking bare foot in a pantsuit and I was like this
0: (laughs) is amazing
2: yeah like but in my body I felt oh so much just ease fear of hell because they weren't preaching from the bible they were preaching just this love and compassion and taking quotes from different places and I remember inviting the ex-husband and I was like I just really feel so good he had a day off of work I was like come with me And when we left, I was like, how did you feel? And he said, well, they didn't preach from the word of God. So if you go there again, it's going to really affect our marriage. And as the head of the house, I'm telling you, you're not allowed to go there again. And I lived with him in an Airstream at the time. We had remodeled this Airstream. We were living in Florida, hoping to travel the world together and I remember just going, I had no privacy because it's an Airstream. So for everyone listening, that's a silver bullet RV. (laughs) I was in the bathroom shower, which is like two feet by two feet, just crying, thinking, I feel so called to this. And my heart wants more than what I've experienced, but he's not going to let me. But I went back. And when I went back, I somehow told someone in leadership that I played the harp. And they were like, Would you play for the Pulse Memorial? It was the one-year memorial service for the Pulse shooting, that terrible shooting that happened in Orlando, Florida. And I didn't know I was gay at the time. I was still in denial about what I did in college or the feelings I felt as a kid, but I always felt this strange pull towards the queer community. And that moment I thought, I have to play. I'm going to play over the rainbow for that. And there was two things that were really interesting that really pushed me along this path was one, this was a church that accepted everybody and they were accepting me. They didn't care about me tithing. They didn't care about me going through this membership program or paying to be a part of it. They were just like, bring your gift and your joy and share it. And I never experienced that before. Not even with the church I went to since I was five years old. So I felt that I played, the husband didn't like it. I started listening to more podcasts. I started asking myself really hard questions and getting around other people who weren't just going to feed me the same indoctrination and ask each other hard questions. And I think that once I got to the place where I felt a little bit safe to even ask the question, that was the point where it all hell broke loose (laughs) because I couldn't believe in something that told me I was bad anymore because I started feeling worthy. I was no longer singing songs. Like I'm not worthy. You remember those songs in church, Brittany, like the unworthiness. (laughs) Oh, wait, I don't remember.
0: I remember. And he will raise you up on Eagle's wings. Do you remember that? Yes. (laughs) I remember that song. And there was a Hosea song. I remember last year I told you this story recently. My partner at the time we we were both grew up Catholic, and oh, I think yeah, we had yeah. just had sex, which is even better and then we started singing the the religious songs that we remembered. Like in bed after we had sex because singing
1: eagles wings and
0: we were this, well. Fun. There's still like a That's smart. there's still like a yeah. some people are going to be deeply offended by what I, I just love say. it Deep,
2: deeply deeply offended. Like- you know, the lady that I'm with now, <laughs> it's my first casual relationship. I've kind of helped her lean into some queerness. She didn't even know she liked girls before me. She's late to life, fifties. She hates religion, like hates it
1: understandably so
2: oh yeah hates it and she always told me she's like if if your family would ever call and question me or your old pastor would call i would just love to be fucking while they're on the phone who are you
0: yes
2: (laughs) she's like hello yeah it's just it's like fun fantasy for her and i, I love it because i'm like i'd be down i'd be down <laughs> so i'll fill you with your worship song kink okay? I'm you. <laughs> worship song kink yes taking back the power i, I am wretched it. i'm your little submissive bitch Like <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my God, this is so fun. I <laughs>
2: worship you. Take me to church, daddy. <laughs> I see
1: what you did there. I see what you did there. I, uh, that was that, good. That, that, that's a good song. That's a good was song. Good. Okay, for sure,
0: yeah. You, you, that was like a full circle from pop. It was a from, full circle. Yeah, it went from kink. It went from church. It yeah, went but, to pop music. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah. it's very refreshing hearing you speak about this, but also that, that experience of walking to that church and feeling so just like like, if I were going to go to church, that's the church I would want to go to. Like where it was just like, I don't, like I can't imagine God just sitting up there and being like, I'm going to judge all these fools who are not listening to my word. And you better fear me. Like what? And you better worship me. Like, they doesn't make, make any, any sense to me at all. It's about love. It's about connecting. It's about coming together as a community and appreciating all these unique individuals that like exist amongst these billions of people. So yeah, like that's, that, that was a beautiful story. Like I love that.
2: Thank you. It was a good feeling and it's wonderful to tell that story because For anyone listening who's feeling, I'll never feel safe in a church, maybe on your path you won't. There's no pressure to, but if you do desire to seek a community in that way, there are churches there that are interspiritual and beautiful. And a place I recommend online would be Reverend Carla. Just research Reverend Carla. Numa Soul, it's just so beautiful. The work she's doing in the world, it's it's like a creating a sacred path for everyone, not based on religion at all. I always say to people because in the spiritual world
0: too, there are gurus and there are teachers that you know come into the space of following me and follow what I say. Very similar, and I have always said that whatever you're going, whatever you're choosing to engage with, in the sense of Learning, spirituality, whatever it is, it best be taking you back to yourself. Absolutely. Snap, snap, snap. Yeah. <laughs> like therapy or yeah. whatever it is, it better bring you home to yourself. It better teach you how to trust yourself, to love yourself, to connect with yourself. That's how I know that whatever it is, is good stuff. And it's That's authentic authentic and safe and not going to lead me astray, so to speak. I've never been the one to be like, even I've been teaching yoga for 19 years. And so I've been in the spiritual world for a minute. I've never been the one to just blindly follow a teacher because they were fancy or did this or had lots of yoga students or whatever. I've been like, eh, I'm good. I'm going to I'm going to take this from that and I'm going to take here from here and yeah. and I'm going to follow the people that preach truth and love and you know tell me to learn more about myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Like if you don't if you can't connect with yourself, like how are you able to connect with other people? And it just muddies up the water even more the longer you go avoiding connecting with yourself. That's clear. <laughs> It'll find a way to show up passively, <laughs> subconsciously, and who you're hanging around with, like your work. It's Life is just too short. Like who, I forget who says this, but like this person was like, I'm not wasting those summers on, on bullshit. Not, you're not going to waste my summers on some, on some bullshit. And it's just like, I'm going I'm to live, enjoy, orbit that shit. And I'm going like, to surround myself with people who actively show up and are thoughtful, period.
2: And that was the learning, though, what you're saying, there's so much truth, but in church, they're literally telling you that's dangerous. My whole life, everyone else who was brought up in this indoctrination, they were told that that's dangerous, that you're not looking to God for your answers. You're looking to yourself and you can't trust yourself. And That's where the biggest problem lies. And with my coaching clients and in a lot of my messaging is, it's like, I don't give a fuck what your mama taught you. I don't care what the boyfriend's telling you now or the husband, if you need to leave, like, all I'm trying to do is bring you back to yourself. I'm not trying to tell you what you should do at all. Let's go deeper. Then you tell me what's going on. And then let's ask, instead of asking me, you could ask me. I might give you a suggestion, but at the end of the day, we're going to sit and we're going to put our hands on our tummy and our heart and feel, but how does that feel in my body? What do I really want? And sometimes people don't know what they want because they've been told for too long and it takes practice to build that muscle again. Right now with the one woman in particular, just ordering what she wants off the menu is too much. She's never been able to choose that. So it's going to be a long road. It's going to be a long road, but it starts with flexing that muscle like you would in the gym to build up your internal guidance system. And everyone is worthy of getting to that place of sovereignty and living life of freedom without guilt of hell and shame. And one thing that I did not touch on at all that I would love to circle back to is purity culture affecting us in the way that there is no queer representation Actually, there is in the Bible, but they're in denial about that. Whatever. (laughs) David and Jonathan was gay. My personal favorites, Ruth and Naomi, age gap lesbians. Where you go, I will go, bitch. Yes, I will. They were we're committed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? They were so committed, and I love it, but at the end of the day, there's no queer representation. There is no sex education. There is only do not have sex, which we all know doesn't work, right? No. But definitely don't have gay sex like what the fuck is that no one knows no one's gonna teach you no one's gonna share so there's just so much lacking I didn't know I couldn't be my true self yeah because okay I didn't know my problem but I take responsibility but at the same time this is what purity culture did to me I didn't understand that it was safe to be gay I thought you go to hell that was the messaging I heard but I also didn't get education of what that looks like and when I did see it it was always, oh, look at them. God bless their hearts. They're going to go to hell or what a waste. You know, that's the things I heard about queer people. Meanwhile, I was queer people. I always thought that doesn't sit well with me for some reason. Yeah.
1: And, like, you just, uh,
2: some reason.
1: Yeah. And you're internalizing that. And like, it's just like, and to sit with that for so long.
0: Yeah. And I think also this idea of not trusting yourself. I think that's really at the root of a lot of this. Not trusting yourself, not just you, but, you know, just what purity culture teaches us, right? Not to trust ourselves. And then having feelings about someone of the same sex, not trusting ourselves. And how the hell are we supposed to know? And of course, like this is frowned upon. So it's not an issue in this purity culture, but like Mm -hmm. in the world of, I want to experience pleasure. <laughs> and even I, okay, fine. So I go through all that, right? You go through that whole thing and then you get married. And then what? Because still, so here we are with people who have done all those things and then they want to experience pleasure because they have finally crossed the T's and dotted the I's and waited until marriage to have sex. And now they don't know what the hell they're doing.
2: And I have clients Not even like that, that. A lot. You, you would know this <laughs> with what you do, that your body physically can't. You've trained your body to turn off making liquid. You've turned your body to feel this guilt at a certain point. Okay, well, we stop here because that's impure. So I can't kiss positive. You literally stop yourself from experiencing pleasure. Your body only knows how to put on the brakes.
0: Yes, that is an amazing point. That really, really is. Because when we think about it from the nervous system, right, it's like we're denying. It's a denial of self. It's a self-betrayal for a reason of thinking that we're doing something right. When people come to me that haven't had, you know, sex until marriage, sometimes it's a struggle because now they're like, wait a second, something's not right, you know? And when that happens, it fucking sucks, you know, because... I just, and part of why we're doing this, right, is to allow people to recognize that it is okay to be in a state of pleasure and to get curious and to trust what feels good. And that takes time to really become discerning of that because here's the thing, when I think of pleasure as medicine and teach that kind of stuff, right, pleasure is medicine it doesn't mean just anything. It means intentional and conscious pleasure, intentional and conscious sex and sexuality. And I'm not saying you can't like go have a one night stand and, and have crazy kinky sex, like do your thing. <laughs> that can also be
2: like deeply conducted as well, uh, right? Like, yeah. it, but know what you're doing before you do it. So you can be in that right heart space and head space.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Be intentional about it. Whatever you want to do, it's just be true to yourself.
1: Makes me think of being present. Yeah. Being present is the best thing you possibly can do.
0: Absolutely. Most productive.
1: That's the best thing I could possibly do. I speak for myself in in this. I hope other people (laughs) can relate to it, but it's helped me a lot in terms of like my anxiety, past and future. People that I love thinking about their past and future, you know, and being able to receive people where they are and receiving myself where I'm at. That's been very useful.
2: That's really beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> I really agree with both of you, especially what you just said, Nick, because pleasure's the medicine, but you can only get to that when you first are present. And when you've been indoctrinated, getting present isn't something you're taught. You're not taught to meditate. You're not taught to look within and getting present isn't worrying about the future of hell it isn't looking back at the trauma you may have experienced of purity culture. And believe me, there's a place and time for healing. And sometimes it takes doctors, prescriptions, therapists, something beyond a life coach, or coming to one of my religious indoctrination workshops. You know, there's layers to everyone's onion, but presence is the first step. And it's a choice to say, okay, well, whatever what I was taught then, I'm willing to change that. I'm willing to see beyond that. So now what do I do? And the first step is presence. And I will say I've had, maybe this would be a good space to talk about it. I just experienced my first sexual like encounter that was not within a relationship. It's like what you were saying, like the one night stand, but it was, it ended up being beyond a one night stand. But in the moment, I didn't know that. I thought, oh, this might just be a hookup. So I really took this opportunity to check in with myself and. I never thought I'd be in that situation. I didn't think I'd be interested in that sort of encounter, so I never thought about what I would do. So in the moment, whenever I knew it was about to happen and I was excited, I was excited at dinner. But then I was like, okay, got back to her house. Okay, I literally went in the bathroom and just sat on the toilet and put my hand on my tummy and my heart, and I was like. Are you still feeling turned on? Like, you feel safe? You want to be here? Do you like the energy of the house? Like, do you like her energy? Like, how do you feel? Okay, we're good. Awesome. So then went and had sex. First bathroom break, an hour in. It was four hours, by the way. It was amazing. Yes. Oh, and it's four hours every Saturday night, baby.
0: (laughs) I love that you did that, that you Mm -hmm. checked in knowing the trauma that you have around this indoctrination and this religious trauma that you didn't let yourself necessarily just get swept up. And you really sat, took a moment to say, oh, that is just so powerful. We can learn a lot from that. Hand on belly, hand on heart. Am I still feeling this? Does this feel safe? Do I like this space? Does the energy feel good? Am I still turned on? Fuck yeah, let's go have sex for four hours.
2: <laughs> and then she never had conscious sex, she never had conscious sex. So I was checking in with her. It was beautiful. She had never had sex with a girl. Like I just kept checking in with her. It was like it was the most magical thing. And it's so interesting because people talk about sex taking away from your energy or whatever. I kid you not. The next day I was working on a creative project being the song that I just released, The Remembering, um, which I love. I can talk about a bit, but Quantum Healing Music, I think it's so important to just go back to presence now and release the past. And I do that through music, help people, guide them through song. I play the harp, write lyrics, but I was really stuck recording the song. I'm not a singer. Okay. I'm not, I'm not claiming to be a singer, but I have a song right now, the My Healing song that's going viral, and people are asking for new music. So I was like, okay, I'll try again. I got the lyrics, I got the music, let's go but my throat chakra was so close. And I swear after that encounter, I had worked on recording it for two weeks. The next day I woke up, I stripped everything I had re-recorded or I had recorded, re-recorded again. And my voice was just a different voice. It's like I was able to speak for myself and I was so proud of how I handled that. I didn't know if anything was going to become of it, if we'd still see each other. I was just so satisfied with what it was and what it is and not needing to know all the answers, being so present with the unknown and just happy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow, oh, that's wonderful. That
2: is so beautiful. And I mean, that's
0: that's because sexual energy is creative energy and yes. creativity is in sexual energy. It's all comes from the womb. It's all connected,
2: right? And so there's no separation. That makes so much sense, actually. I mean, I know that, but I never thought about it in regards to this particular incident. That makes so much sense.
0: So... We're wrapping up. So before we do, we want to do a little rapid fire with you. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs>
2: or I think I'm ready. I don't know. What are we going
0: to do? Nothing too wild. Just a straightforward question. Yeah. And just answer it from your heart. There we go. If there was a food that could give you an orgasm or that does give you an orgasm, what would it be?
2: Oh, Thai basil, like the packy mouth. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay.
2: I know it's not even sexy, but I like it with tofu. And when I get, when the waitress brings it to the table, I do a little happy dance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
1: That's a a good one. I
2: love it. (laughs) What about you guys? What's your
0: favorite thing? What's happy? Oh, well, oysters literally make, give me an orgasm.
1: Every single time.
0: Like for real, like the oxytocin rush that I get, I actually went for oysters with his partner recently. Yeah and with Nick's partner. And she said, she was like, I usually go for oysters with my other partner. Nick doesn't like oysters. My other partner loves them. That was our first date where we went and had oysters. And I kind of held back a little bit because it was our first date. And like, because I mean, I go in, like eyes are closed. Yes. Like I am fuzzy afterwards. <laughs> I know how you feel after an orgasm. That's how I feel. It's an oxytocin and serotonin, like rush when I eat oysters. Yeah. And so when I ate them with her, she was like, I can see why your other partner <laughs> likes to go eat oysters with you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. What about you? Uh, no one's ever asked him that before.
1: My continental pizza. Oh, yeah. there's this pizza in this place. Oh, it's a fig, arugula, bacon? cheese, bacon, flatbread pizza. That's just like salty, sweet. Just all the unctuousness <gasps>
0: There yeah. isn't, but he that would love actually that. Really You're makes speaking so much
1: his sense. love language, Ooh. honey drizzle. The place I used to go to for the pizza stop, stop stopped making, making it. it. His heart broke. I was so sad. Like the woman that was in front of us was like, oh, you did what? I was just like, why, why would you do that? You replaced it with a seed pizza? Come on. No one wants that. <laughs> no.
0: no one seeds on the pizza. Gross.
2: <laughs> oh my God.
1: You're My up my next. Okay. Uh, what is your love language?
2: Oh, it's a tie between words of affirmation and physical touch. I love just non-sexual touch all the time. But I'm also a little greedy bitch and I love gifts. Like I'm talking like you can (laughs) give me a card. Like the lady that I like, I like always get her little things that are so inexpensive, but they come from a heart. And I just love giving them. I get so much pleasure from giving gifts. That's beautiful. I, I love that. If you could have a threesome. With, and you can't,
0: <laughs> but with yes, any, with any <laughs> two, so this could be two famous people, this could be two make believe people, cartoon characters. Okay. Oh, you got she got it. She got it. You got it.
2: It's Miss California, the lady that was my first girlfriend. She's five, two double Ds, just so fucking fine. And then Miss Louisiana, which is totally different. Body type, and just she can have an orgasm. She has these continuous orgasms. So she'll have like these waves for like two hours while she'll have 20. So this would make for a wild time because Miss California is kinky and Miss Louisiana just takes the pleasure. So (laughs) I like to watch it. it this i so think great. it might happen there's a chance this could happen so y'all cross your fingers for me okay
1: universe manifest this
2: shit universe. manifest the shit, <laughs> manifest the shit. God, I love for, for just reverence we're recording this may 3rd if any of us either <laughs> one of us get into serious relationships i didn't say this later <laughs> on
1: <laughs> note to self <laughs> oh my goodness okay. that's so funny yeah. okay if you could have a superpower what would it be
2: Reading people's mind would be beautiful, but also terrible. So I think I would just go with flying and just call it a day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, think <that's> <laughs> I think that's safe. I think it's safe. I would just yeah. want to be windy and like off to Neverland. His
0: is flying
1: for sure. Flying yeah, what's super- yours? Flying or super speed?
2: I don't know what, I don't know what mine
0: is. No? No. I, I think flying. Yeah? Yeah.
1: i was surprised I never thought about it before. My
0: best friend's just wanted to be a backup singer. <laughs> that was the power. <laughs> oh wait that wasn't her somebody else had said that once a friend of mine they were like i was like that's not a superpower <laughs> oh,
2: God. okay what is romance for you i think romance it's these deep conversations it taught me that sex is everything outside of sex like what people would assume sex is and this like wanting this desire that someone is so unafraid of sharing that they just want to know everything about you and they want to validate every feeling you have. That is romance to me. I don't think I've experienced anything more romantic than that in my life. And I hope that that's something that I give to everyone who comes into my life in the future because I was able to learn that. And I'm so grateful.
0: That's so beautiful. That's a great way. Yeah. Yes, what about that.
2: you? Oh, now you're putting it
0: back on me. <laughs> yeah, this someone has been like,
2: uh, <laughs> that's because she's a podcast yeah. host. <laughs> what you'll learn is your audience, you know, (laughs) they might come for the guest topic, but they're not here for me. They're here to hear you because they're going to keep coming back. They love you guys, you know?
0: Yeah. They want to know what yours
2: is. Well, we're going to be doing
0: some solo ones where we talk about those things. Oh yeah. So my sense of romance is feeling seen and heard similar to what you just said. I think that at the root of a lot of it is for all of us is safety. For me, it definitely is. And through that is feeling seen and heard and the ability to be able to experience childlike enthusiasm and joy. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we do. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, Revealing that, like feeling so safe to reveal that nature. Yeah.
0: So Sophia, this has been wonderful and super fun and so illuminating. Thank you for everything you've just shared with us and for your vulnerability.
2: Thank you for having me. It is such an honor. I look at your content. I learn so much from your content. I love what I do, but I do so many different things. I'm really just a safe space for women, whereas you've got this particular, like, just gift to help people heal in their sexuality specifically. And I learn so much so much so thank you for doing what you do in the world
0: oh thank you yeah
2: it's such a light and such a gift
0: and so speaking of a light and gift What do you have going on right now? What do you want us to know about?
2: Yeah. Okay. I have so many different things, but the first thing is I'm always doing a live workshop. I offer two in particular that you can sign up for. The first one is releasing religious indoctrination. And that is a three to four hour experience of quantum healing with my past life regressionist, my personal past life regressionist, co-hosting it and really helping wherever you're at, just unpeel that next layer It is a journey, but so many of us experience, we go into a hypnotic state and it's deep. Some people, they see the dark that they need to see so they can let it go. And then other people have much lighter experiences. The universe will never reveal to you what you shouldn't see, but just know that if you come to it, whatever you're intentioning to let go of in this workshop, I'm in full agreement, you will release it. And beyond that, I offer a very playful workshop Called curious and coming out with my ex girlfriend, and she's a bi woman in her fifties, and I'm about to hit thirty, and I identify as a lesbian, so you get these different perspectives from a baby gay and a, a woman who's more established. <laughs> we're gonna teach, Yes. We're going to help you process, you know, maybe you're just coming out or you haven't said it to anyone. Maybe you want to come in with us and wear lingerie and drink wine together, or you want to leave your camera off. That's fine. If you're not feeling safe to come out, you can come into the workshop without coming out, but it's a, place to talk about coming out, a place to understand the differences of communication with women to women relationships compared to men, and then also how to actually have sex with other women, because I don't know about you listeners who have experienced purity culture, but we don't really feel safe, even if we're trying to eventually get to a place where we can watch porn without fear of guilt and shame. It might not be the best place to actually learn about sex because it's not always the way sex actually works. It's a bit overdone and it's very male centric. So, yes, you can learn some things from porn, but is that where you should be getting your sex education? No. no. <laughs> so, <laughs> give yourself the queer education you never got. Join me in this workshop. Beyond that, I offer one on one sessions. People subscribe. They work with me weekly, monthly. I help women leave when they're going through a breakup or they feel like they're queer and they don't know what to do or who to talk to. How do I get out of this marriage? Help them create breakup plans. And I have a podcast, a totally free resource called Enlightened. It's focused on sexuality. Mm -hmm. And my Instagram handle is at Sophia Spolino. So you can get some daily inspiration and mostly a good laugh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your page is so fun. It's so, so, so fun.
2: Um, And we're going to have
0: all of Sophia's info on, in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to speak to some of that afterwards. This has been such a treat and such a joy. Thank you so much. Thank
2: you.
1: Well, that was lovely. Oh, Sophia, she's cool. She's really cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect overall, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was happily surprised and uh, super jazzed about the overall flow of that interaction, that conversation.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to talk about this stuff. And part of me, as we were talking, I was like, oh boy, who are we turning off with this conversation? <laughs> because, and you know, we kind of go into that jokey territory around, <laughs> which I think a lot of people do that are kind of recovering religious people, yeah. uh, Catholics, Christians. And, you know, my thought about it, again, and I said this in the podcast, is that like, if you get something out of of religion and that feels like it serves you, okay, that's I mean, fine.
1: I feel the same way about that as I do with like, you know, relationship styles and how people live their lives in general. Yeah. It's just like, if you get something that is feeding your soul and like feeling, make, giving you a purpose and mm-hmm. pulling you forward, embrace that. But <laughs> I'm going to say some stuff when you say some wild ass shit. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, like to
0: say no. It's like, what? <laughs> Love a God, but like calm down. <laughs> Can that be the name of her? You love a God, but calm down. I love, down. <laughs> so I love how she kept asking, "What do you think?" I'm like, yeah. I am not ready to answer that question. <laughs>
1: that? I, like, I was like, "Worm continental pizza." I was so happy to talk about my continental
0: pizza. Uh, Earth Bread and Brewery, bring back continental pizza for me. Yeah,
1: Earth, we talk about you. Bring that pizza back because <laughs> that pizza.
0: Was we caught Earth Bread and Brewery for not no no okay, we just kidding, money, but bring me that pizza, please. Thank you so much for listening. Follow Sophia at Sophia Spolino on Instagram. And check out her website at com. That's S P A L L I N O for Spalino. Follow me at sexually underscore liberated on Instagram. And check out my website at com. And we're on Twitter now. Check us out at K Table Podcast on Twitter.
1: Follow me at Photo on Instagram and check out my website at NickAnthony.com. That's A-N-T-O-N-Y. There is no H. Editing by Knots. Music by Greta Hopmer.
0: And please leave us a review. Five stars if you're feeling generous and help us share this podcast. It really, really does go a long way.
1: Please help us spread the kitchen table love.
0: Until next time.